You are listening to Worthy Women Ministries' Wonderful Counselor Podcast. This is where our community comes together to get into the Word every single day for the entire year. My name is Mikel Armeo. I'm the CEO and founder of Worthy Women Ministries, and I am your host. I cannot wait to grow with you this year, so let's get started. So we see three things as we read through Genesis this morning that I want to highlight to you all. Now, of course, there's all kinds of things that we can draw from from what we're reading this morning. But specifically, I want to focus on three things that we see enter in in these next two chapters in Genesis. Let's start by looking in Genesis chapter 7, verse 15. So they went into the ark to Noah. Two by twos of all flesh in which there was a breath of life. Let me stop for a second and and I want to just recognize, first of all, that the ark is a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ and the victory that he has already had, but in this time going to have on the cross. Okay. The ark is a foreshadowing in Noah's time of what is to come through the victory in Jesus Christ. But a couple other things that are really interesting about the ark, you know, I've been talking about rest and we've been talking about the bloodline, which is one of the reasons why the marriage covenant is our first line of defense. Um, We have seen, you know, yesterday we were talking about um, in Bible study, the Nephilim and how they wanted to come and taint the bloodline by these Nephilim sleeping with the beautiful women that God had created, right? And so God was just like, this is so wicked. This is wicked. I have got to wipe out the face of the earth. But the only man that was was found to be um, favored by God was Noah. And that's because his family did not have sexual intercourse with the Nephilim, which are fallen angels. These are the giants. Um, It's really interesting to learn about them because it gives us a perspective, kind of brings us outside of what we think in the natural. You know, the the things that, that we think in the natural that we see today kind of puts things into perspective that maybe there's a lot of things out there that we don't truly understand 100%. But what we do understand is, is that there was a bloodline to be protected. And he did that through Noah, who simply walked with God. That's all he had to do. He just had to walk with God. He walked with God. He built the ark. And God, God brought, as Noah was building, everything that was intended to be on that ark with him, Noah did not go seek it out. He got up every day and he walked with God and God brought everything to him. This is a message about rest. Some of us are doing too much. Okay. Some of us are out here doing too much and we're not resting and we think we're going to miss out on something. Um, go, go follow me on Facebook. I share a lot of my, the just revelations as I'm going through the word and and the Lord will speak different things to me. And, and my post this morning was just about rest because I see too many of God's people out here doing, doing too much. And we're going to talk about that later. So the ark recognize and know that it is a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, but look what else comes in. This makes me so excited. 
because without the promise of the Holy Spirit, we would not be able to see and hear the things of Christ here today. Look at uh, Genesis 8, verse 8. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water was low on the surface of the land. This is where we see the dove enter in. You remember how when Jesus was getting baptized by John the Baptist and the dove ascended um, from heaven and landed on Jesus you know, we know that the dove represents the, the Holy Spirit. So here we have two foreshadowings of what is to come in chapter 7 and chapter 8. The ark, which is Jesus, we are sealed just like God sealed that door and everything that was supposed to be in that ark in it. We are sealed by the blood of Jesus. So the foreshadowing of Jesus and then a foreshadowing of the Holy Spirit so beautiful. And then we also see the third thing, the aroma. The aroma in which our obedience releases sweet smells in the throne room of God. And and, and just think about that. Maybe you've never thought about that before. Obedience releases a beautiful aroma in the third heaven where God is seated on the throne. So let's look at verse 21. We're still in chapter eight, scrolling down. The Lord smelled the soothing aroma and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. And I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. This was right after Noah um, came out of the ark. God had released them to come back onto dry land. And Noah built an an altar to the Lord. And he made offerings. You know, he made sacrifices and and his obedience. I mean, and and it was just an aroma released in the third heaven we're going to hear a lot. I want you to hold this this um, thought in the back of your mind, the aroma, as we read through the Old Testament, because we're going to hear a lot about different aromas and how some are very pleasing to God and some are not. Um, and it, it can really help us connect with how God sees certain things when we think about, like, have you ever walked in a, into a house and it just stunk? You know, um, it just absolutely stunk. You don't want to stay there for very long. It, it n- knocks the breath out of you. But if you're around something that smells good, it's like, oh, you want to linger. You know, <laughs> us ladies, like we will go walk through the, the candle aisle and we will stand there for, well, at least I will. I'll stand there for a good 30, 45 minutes smelling all of the different candles until I find that one smell that I want my house to smell like. That's how God feels about us. I mean, it talks about it in scripture, the aroma. You know, what aroma are we releasing with our life into the third heavens? What aroma are we releasing in our in our life into the to the third heaven for God to smell? And and disobedience, it's a stench to him. Obedience, it's a sweet, sweet aroma. 
So think about that when you're faced with decisions. When you're faced with decisions of what should I do? Um, it's just a different way to look at it. It's just a different way to encourage you to press towards obedience. I want to look at um, our last section of scripture this morning in Philippians chapter 3. I'm just going to read some of this scripture and I want to talk about rest. I want to talk about rest. So Philippians chapter 3 verse 1, finally my brothers and sisters rejoice in the Lord to write the same things again is no trouble for me and it is a safeguard for you. He's just like, Paul's like, hey, I'll write the same thing over and over and over again because as, as much as I remind you, the more you will be safeguarded. The more I remind you, the more I repeat myself, the safer and the more protected you will be, right? So here he goes. What is Paul What is Paul saying to the church of Philippi? Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. What? The false circumcision? Okay. All right, Paul. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the spirit of God and take pride in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Although I myself could boast as having confidence even in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he's confident in the flesh, I have more reason. What is Paul saying here? I mean, you can hear his attitude. He's like, hey, you know, I mean, we all could say we could have confidence in the flesh, but if we're going to surrender our life to Christ Jesus, we can put no confidence in the flesh. Not because we can't, because Paul says he's like, hey, I myself have more reason than any of y'all to say that I have confidence in the flesh, but even I don't do that. Even I don't do that. I put no confidence in the flesh. None. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. But whatever, listen, listen, here we go. But whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as a loss because of Christ. Paul was set on pointing people to the only thing that had the power to save them, which was Jesus Christ. And even when he had an ability to boast in his flesh, because he's not denying that he didn't have a reason to have confidence in his flesh, but even when he had a reason to be confident in his flesh, he knew that his flesh could not save people from living, spending an eternity in hell. So he was going to point them to Christ even when he had reason to be confident in his flesh. Look, some of us are out here doing too much. We're afraid we're going to miss out on something. We're striving too hard to break a generational curse. We're doing too much because our confidence is in our flesh. Well, I've got to get that raised before that person does. And if I don't get in that seat before that person does, I'm going to miss out. Or I've got to, I've got to, you know, I've got to have everything laid out perfect and, and everything has to appear a certain way because if I don't, then people aren't going to want to, you know, I mean, all of these different things, all of these different 
motivators, right? We have all of these different motivators and, and, and it's full of pride because if we are not resting, we said it in Bible study last night, even God took a day, an entire day to rest from his work. So let me tell you that if you are not taking time to rest, you are trying to exalt yourself above God Almighty that is seated on the great white throne and we are nothing. We cannot save these people. We cannot save these people. And I am am, am saying something to you that I had to learn myself. You know, whenever I was in, in the early stages of, oh my goodness, just the revelation of the generational curse that had been placed on my family. And I have two daughters, two daughters, one of which I have not seen in nine years. We're not going to go into that today. But understand, when I got the revelation of the generational curse that was on my daughters, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. All I did every day, day in and day out, pray, work, pray, work, pray, work. And I was so full of pride because the power was never in my ability to begin with. The power is in Jesus Christ alone. It is in Jesus Christ alone. So while you're out here and we're out here running around trying to think we need to get ahead, we need to get to this place, we need to get to that place, God call, God is calling you, leader for the kingdom, to lead from a posture of rest. Lead from a posture of rest. Because it is not our flesh that does anything. And some of us are out here operating in the flesh and we're throwing the cross on it. We're doing it in Jesus name, but in our hearts, we're operating out of pride, out of fear, out of, out of striving. God is saying, bring your heart back to a posture of rest, your heart, your heart. We can trust that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. We can trust him. He is not a man that he would lie. We can trust him. So I just encourage you today, daughter, leader, wife, mother, Bible study leader, teacher, let's lead from a posture of rest. Let's remember that even though we can get a lot done in our flesh, yeah, Paul recognized that too. We can get a lot done in our flesh. But is that where our confidence is? Have we become so reliant on our talents, our gifts, and our abilities that our heart is no longer relying on the power of God, but we've become, begun to rely on our, on our own flesh? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. And you know, rest protects us from getting into that position. You know, when we take our Sabbath, we remember, hey, God, you don't really need me. All you have to do is speak a word. Like, you don't need, you don't need me, God. But you allow me to come into agreement. You allow me to participate and you allow me 
to, to see the things of the kingdom. And man, I'm just so thankful, Lord. God, thank you for allowing me to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. What a privilege, Lord. How undeserving I am, Lord. Do you hear the posture change in your heart? Do you, do you hear that shift in the posture of your heart? Two completely different stances. I don't need to compete with nobody. I don't need to be jealous. I don't need to get frustrated about what other people are doing. Why? Because God is going to do it. Because it was always him doing it from the very beginning of time. We've got to have that balance in our life. We've got to have that balance in our life. I just want to continue reading the rest of this, the, the verses in this chapter. Philippians 3, 7, But whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as lost because of Christ. More than that, he's going to take it even, even deeper, y'all. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them mere rubbish so that I may gain Christ. We've got to gain Christ. We've got to, if we are going to overcome principalities in our communities, if we are going to do anything effective for the kingdom of God, we have to gain Christ. We cannot do it without his power at work in us. And may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be conform, being conformed to his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead, now that I have already grasped it all, not that I have already grasped it all or have already become perfect, but I press on if I may also take hold of that for which I was even taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not regard myself as having taken hold of it yet. We're, we're going to be, let me, let me remind some of us, okay? Because I've had some interesting conversations the past few weeks about some different some different mindsets we will never take hold of it completely until we are glorified with him in heaven every single person on this earth is in the sanctification process if they have received justification which is salvation through Jesus Christ so if someone comes up to you and they tell you that they've grasped hold of it and they've been perfected you need to understand that the bible says that he who says he is without sin is a liar and there is no truth in him so be careful careful about getting taken off into that kind of thinking because it does not align with the things of God. Paul says, Paul says, look, I haven't, I have taken hold of it yet. So until glorification, I am going to keep pressing forward towards the goal. 
I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. Stand up. Stand up. Of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, all who are mature, let's have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that to you as well. However, let's keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. Brothers and sisters, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to this pattern you have in us. For many walk, hear hear this, many walk, many walk, of whom I've often told you and now tell you, even as I weep, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. You are going to see people walking And they are going to be enemies of the cross of Christ. And Paul's saying, if you're going to walk, this is how you need to walk. That's it. This is the way. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame. Who have have their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our lowly condition into conformity with his glorious body by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. We are not going to do it. And we can serve one or two kingdoms Okay, we can serve one or two kingdoms. And this is a warning when you step outside of of respecting rest, you put yourself at risk to be worshiping your own kingdom. And guess what? When you're not worshiping the kingdom of God, this is what Paul says. He said that they're enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ. They're enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ. Brothers, sisters, we must die to our flesh we must die to our own intentions it's not a choice it's not a choice so be encouraged god is teaching us he's convicting us he's bringing us closer to the cross he's speaking to the mature ones we're seeing beautiful things through the ark and the foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, the dove, um, and and just that, that foreshadowing of the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to learn about the aromas as we go through the Old Testament of the, of the obedience and disobedience. Because there's an aroma that is released in the third heaven with the, with the behaviors that we choose to come into agreement with. Mm-hmm. So I love you, praying for you today. If you have any certain prayer requests, uh, please don't be afraid to just e- shoot those over to me and email Ministers at outlook.com. Um, and I'm just going to ask that all the prayer warriors listening to this podcast this morning, please be praying for our communities. Uh, there is a systematic way that the enemy has rested certain principalities over our communities and I'm seeing them manifest over and over and over again and we have the power and the authority through Jesus Christ as we die to our flesh to overcome these things but I just you know that these these plans that the enemy is is releasing through these principalities you know we've, we've got children dying in our communities and um we should be grieved. We should be grieved. 
because God is grieved. He is. So just be in prayer. Uh, pray ahead your protection over Worthy Women Ministries as we continue to press in to the call that God has given us. And we work hard with women to help them be released from, from things that have bound themselves to them through trauma, through things they've experienced in the community. We cannot do this without the power of God. And we are all human and we need to be uh, prayed up. We need a hedge of protection around and around what we're doing, what God has called us to do. So um, just thank you so much this morning. And again, if you have any prayer requests, shoot them over to my email. This podcast is made possible because of our proud supporters around the world. If you'd like to learn more about Worthy Women Ministries and how we are helping women discover their worth, identity and purpose in Jesus Christ, you can visit our website at worthywomenministry.org. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and donate if you feel led.